Welcome to the latest edition of the Flash Flashcast. With you as always, I'm Lisa Schmeiser, and tonight with me as always are Tony Sindelar and Phil Mozalak. Hi, guys! Hello! Hello, also. <laughs> and um, I'm going to have to tender some apologies. I only watched this episode once. Me too. And while I was watching, there were enough lines uttered by enough people where I'm going to go back and take another look, because I feel like there's a lot that I missed. And simultaneously, there was a lot to take in. So, um... I don't know whose week it is to recap. We can either uh, rock, paper, scissors, and then lie about it on camera, or we can uh, have somebody brave step up and volunteer. In my in my universe, the, the mm-hmm. rock, paper, scissors, we don't have that game, but we have Flash, Reverse Flash, Gorilla Grodd. I'll explain the rules <laughs> later. So, but I think it's You're going to pick Gorilla Grodd, aren't you? I think it's Phil's turn. I think it okay. is. And I think All I right. have a unique way of putting, putting this one together. All right. I'll, I'll count you down and... Uh, and 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 you know what on three you go all right Alrighty? on your all right. three or, or or is it on go on okay one two go does that work all right one two go okay first off iris finally figures out that the flash is barry sparked by a little on her little tip on her finger eddie gets kidnapped by his descendant which he finds out is ewarnthon and Wells goes after Iris after she almost gets proposed to. Then Cisco decides that he's going to recreate the entire thing in real time, and it gets malfunctioned. And then all of a sudden, we have a Wells monologue. Then before that, then before that, he dreams about it, and they have a little dream experiment that 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 uh it was is is concocted and works. Um, Barry also reveals that he already went back in time and may have altered the entire timeline. Oh, by the way, uh, we get thrown into some Eddie Irish drama. As he asks for Joe's blessing, he says no. Then they find Gideon in the time vault. What? What? How can that that be? But we pick right up at the last episode uh, inside Wells' time vault. And ding, ding, ding. <laughs> did you like that? It was in reverse. I thought uh... that was pretty good. And, and you got you you got everything in there, right? Because that was you, you went you, the last thing you said was the first thing that happened. So mm-hmm. very clever, very clever, very confusing. But very <laughs> I just thought, I thought I'd make it. I'd make it confusing. You check it, it up, yeah. Educationman reversements. I think yeah. our listeners are probably prepared for some nonlinear thinking at this point. Uh, we have probably. to be. It's good, but you should you should listeners stretch limber things up mentally before each. Each podcast and each episode of Flash, you know. Right, right. <laughs> so I kind of want to suggest that we do not do Dr. Wells' wellness check because I feel like that could easily take us into an hour of just talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start with I'm no scientician and explore the limits of artificial intelligence as embodied by Gideon. Mm-hmm. And also let's talk about time travel and paradoxes too because there was a little bit of that going on. Um, so Gideon. Built by Barry? Apparently so. So there are questions to that, which is, number one, how does Eubard Thawne come to have her, or Mm -hmm. it? Um, Number two, how does that technology work, uh, since he's talked to her, like, in the field, as well as inside um, the the, the room of Braille foreboding, or what have you? Mm -hmm. Um, Number three, if Barry built Gideon, why didn't he also program a conscience? Because... And number four, is Gideon actually in on this with Wells in some capacity? Like, did she feed them bad information because she because Wells knows how to talk to her and he's managed to uh, get her around to their side? Or has Barry talked to her? My, I, 
I'm kind of of the the feeling so far that that Gideon is really just kind of you know a simple AI agent and doesn't really have any intelligence mm-hmm. or or morality and is really yeah. you know is just Siri with a you know a 3D display. Um, it's like worse than Siri though, because at least Siri gives you hyperlinks to stuff. Yes. And Barry's asking all these questions, and Gideon's like, "I don't know." And I'm like, "Dude, a simple Google search. How yeah. hard is that? Um, you know, why aren't you hitting the web here, Gideon? Why aren't mm-hmm. you hitting recorded?" Because later you see that Wells has had surveillance cameras everywhere. Yep. And the question is, why aren't you... Com- we live in a world that has facial recognition software, sound software, speech-to-text, and um, all sorts of other, you know, um, machine learning type things. Why has why did Gideon, who was, again, an AI, like, not said, oh, I have literally hundreds of hours of footage here. I can comb this for patterns, or I can, I can recall this when people ask me queries about the stuff it's directly related to. You gotta ask the right question. Yeah, you gotta ask the right question. I guess it seems very limited. It would have been, but oh, dude, natural language computing. No one on that. <laughs> no one on that staff has heard of it. Come on. Like I did, like when Cisco is like, "I'll fix the computer," and the computer is like, "Let me show you how I work." And Cisco's like, "All right." Oh, it turns out that's you know your future and he's technology. Like, ah. yeah. yeah, like I don't know how to use this. That was pretty good. I was like, there was one real clutch moment though, because when mm-hmm. Wells came in, yeah, she gave a big old smirk. That's why I'm questioning who she's working for. Like, is it a question of she knows and responds to 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 Eubard slash Wells because she knows him, or is she in league with him? And Wells has been like, okay, if Barry and his dork friends ever get in here, here is how you have to act, and here is the information you have to redirect them from. And here is why I'm chasing that particular theory down the rabbit hole is because during one of the Wells monologues, um, this time out when he's looking at Barry's um, comatose body, and he's like. How many times have we, you know, been at this point or all the times I thought this through? Like he he says some line that I can't quote exactly because I only saw the episode once, but he says a line that leads me to think that he's played out multiple timelines against Barry and basically what he's been trying to do, he's living his own personal groundhog day and he's trying to get all the combinations right. And my sense is that he's 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 got Gideon in on it with him because you've got a you've got an AI that can do incredible amounts of computation in a very short time. And so Gideon may be saying, all right, here's your probability. Here's your probability. Here's your probability. And um, then he's like, okay, Gideon, here are your parameters for queries. Here's who you get to talk to. Here's how you talk to them as well. Maybe. I'm still not sure how intelligent Gideon is. I, I, I wonder yeah. if Gideon is basically just this agent with the magic power of being able to tell you how disturbed the timeline is. Right. So it seems like yeah. Gideon is, is connected to something, right? Like there's, how would there's Gideon something. How quantify it? Well, I, like, is Gideon modifying it, or is Gideon simply able to report on how close the timeline is to well, it's, what it's, it's supposed to be, right? Well, I guess this is, how would you measure it? Like, how mm-hmm. is she how is she measuring and quantifying and saying, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you're 15% off the timeline, or your probability is off, mm-hmm. or, you know, she's she's got some metric, as we've yeah. seen in previous episodes, she's got some metric for being able to say whether or not you're on the correct timeline. So... How? How are you measuring that? Also, yeah. you're an AI. Where Where are the sensors? How did mm-hmm. Dr. Wells set that up? What is he measuring? Where is it coming from? Um, mm-hmm. Again, I'm no scientist, yeah. but in order to analyze data, you have to collect it and measure it somehow. And how is that happening? It's coming from newspapers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, we're all doomed. <laughs> yeah, she's looking at the microfiche, and then she overlays <laughs> it on what she knows in her reality. And when things are off she can you know she's just doing looking at a simple kind of rejects where she's just saying ooh instead of and it was or so she's you know it's like those little subtle um wording changes that's how she's quantifying the change yeah 
I'm wondering if, I mean, especially since Gideon is theoretically created by Barry Allen, which is weird because Barry Allen is, you know, is a, a guy surrounded by people that invent stuff. He is not an inventor really himself. No, he's a forensic scientist. Yeah. I always thought his big strengths were, you know, more in the chemistry and biology fields. So in the comics, the there's this mm-hmm. thing called the cosmic treadmill, which is as silly sounding as it sounds. Oh, uh, which boy. Is like, it sounds like a great workout, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, which is, which is Flash's, like, time travel engine thing. And I wonder if Gideon is somehow, like, connected to that. Like, Gideon, maybe Gideon is the interface for the cosmic treadmill. Because you could imagine if, if you're going to build something that lets you travel through time more reliably than Barry doing it kind of manually, maybe you want some kind of tool that is going to give you reporting on how things work out. Especially, and I guess, here, mm-hmm. you know, again, I don't know how how Barry builds this, but you could imagine since he's now time-traveled at least once and kind of screwed up the timeline a little bit, Maybe yeah. he's heavily motivated to invest the next thirty years of his life building an AI that's going to tell him how screwed up things are as he yeah. as he tweaks things. Um, well, but look, he surrounds himself. Yeah, he surrounds himself with mm-hmm. people that are wicked smart. Maybe he yeah. maybe he didn't so much create Gideon as he delegated the creation of Gideon. So I hope so. Go. That would um, justify Cisco's ongoing involvement. And I, I I griped last time about the the secret uh, reverse flash cave being unlocked, but mm-hmm. I'm willing to give that a pass now since. Perhaps the security is controlled by Gideon, who seems to, you know, have given uh, Barry has rude access to Gideon, or that whole thing is just a trap set by. by I, I really enjoy that there's the idea that Barry has rude access to Gideon. <laughs> there you go. And at some point, he just types "chmod," because <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the other thing is is if you have an artificial intelligence and somebody's pretty heavily dependent on it, seems like a really sly way to undermine them over time is to simply teach that intelligence or deceive it so that it, it gives bad information, you know, garbage in, garbage out. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the biggest problem with AI is, is they, they can only do limited contextual learning. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hal, Hal, Hal did a very good job of it. And when you start mm-hmm. playing tricks with yeah. him, that's when stuff goes wrong. I kind of mm-hmm. like the idea that that Ubert Thon slash Doctor Wells has been training Gideon by by having her go work as an Amazon mechanical Turk. She just keeps <laughs> bidding on all of these projects. Well, that's also that's how he's paid for Star Labs. That's exactly. That's, See, it's a perfect closed yeah. system. He gets the money he needs, and she gets smarter through data recognition. Yeah, <laughs> I I think at this, this point this is an origin not story int- right here. At least yeah. be careful. Back back oh. up. Yeah, no, you know, this is um, anybody who illustrates comics or has anything to do with the creation of comics, please contact us so we can make this happen. Um, although I think in consideration of people who are like, dude, I didn't come here for a lecture, on na- a lecture on natural language computing. I think we should probably move off of Gideon and on to the other scientician-y things of the evening. Um, one, has Barry always sparked sparks from his from his hands or was that just like... The fastest way they could tell us that Iris is finally not as dumb as she appears. Yeah, there was a little yeah. machina in there. I mean, that was yeah. based yeah. around the flashback, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did that seem really odd how, like, they, maybe, maybe like I blinked or something, but I swear mm-hmm. that's what it felt like. I blinked and all of a sudden we were in, back in time. Yeah, the, the flashback, well, I understand, it's weird because I tend to associate flashbacks with Arrow and I'm mm-hmm. always like, oh, Jesus, really? But, um. Also, my kingdom for the first person who can um, tweet tweet me the link of um, the edited episodes of Arrow where they take out the flashbacks, <laughs> and all you get, is, and all you get is like the action in in Starling City. <laughs> and Some then parts are going to be really confusing, though. Like all the all the, the death death stroke stuff, like that won't make uh-huh. any sense without the flashbacks. Although so. no, what you do is you take out the flashbacks, you edit them together, and then oh. you basically do Arrow in chronological order. Oh, nice. Okay. Because that's what I really want is somebody to do that series of supercuts. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not that demanding. Um, 
But so we've as we've covered this. Um, Iris this week, the writers are still trying to do more with her, and I applaud that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not really a fan of the whole Eddie Joe thing this week. Uh, mostly, and and while I can see why Joe did it, where he's like, "Look, she has feelings for you. I don't want her to be in a miserable marriage just because Iris is an honorable person." Um, I'm watching out for her. Like, why don't you say that to either Iris or Eddie? Yeah. Why, Actually, why say, doesn't say Iris get Iris. any agency in that? Like, why don't yeah, no, why don't you have funny. a conversation with her? Why if don't you let her come to that conclusion her. on her own? Why don't you let her yeah. make mistakes and learn from them? Exactly. Exactly. So that was really um it was really disappointing. Mm-hmm. And uh that said, I enjoy that Iris has finally put it together that, oh, you know, when Dr. Wells thing blew up, all of a sudden metahumans started popping up. Um mm-hmm. Because I think it's the first time we've seen that civilians are, are putting this together. Mm-hmm. Although, again, given the fact that we live that they live in a world with the World Wide Web, I can't believe there weren't like Doctor Wells truthers within twelve minutes of that thing blowing up. Yeah, I you know that's the thing is like they they they've definitely slowed down like mm-hmm. what is on the outside and and what is going on. And if they if she did not learn that Barry was the Flash at this episode, I think I probably would have been really upset because it would have been mm-hmm. like. How long can you string this girl along? Now she actually has ammunition in in both her and Eddie because, yeah, no one knows that she knows and Eddie won't be, you know, he can keep the secret of who my my descendant is if he wants to. I don't think he will. Um, My big worry, to be honest, is that he's going to get killed off. Mm. Well, okay. And here's my big worry why. Um, One, uh... The show has basically the same team as Berlanti, as excuse me, as as Arrow. With, you know, Greg Berlanti and, and his and his gang. You know, they were they cut their teeth there. And Arrow kills off people on the regular, um, just to mm-hmm. move things along, to tie up Paula and things like that. Um, two, uh, having somebody die who was not a lead character or a member of the main cast, but is somebody that everybody in the main cast has interacted with and liked at some point or another. Um, this gives them an oh, we have the sads or mm-hmm. or whatever about it. Um, it also it gives Joe some plot development because he can feel bad about how he treated Eddie or whatever. It gives Iris some guilt. And now she can't be a Barry because, Oh, I was cheating in my heart or whatever. Um, three, it screws you mm-hmm. And that introduces another complication. And I really think after this episode, uh, this season will probably end with um, Barry and the reverse splash, maybe trying to go back in time. But I think he's, I think they're, they're kind of either rewriting or repacing the storyline so that Tom Cavanaugh stays on for another season or two. You got it. Because we were really scared that we were getting painted right into a corner and we were going to lose Cavanaugh. Yeah. At this point, I think it, what, the way it ended, it would seem to me that he is not only in cahoots with Grodd, but he has a completely other little... Uh, villainy uh territory that he's been cultivating <laughs> so i mean i don't know if he's going to be the leadership of a legion of doom or something like that but mm-hmm. it would seem to me he's got it well, pretty well if, locked up well if eddie gets killed then he has to panic because how does he ensure that he's born well i wasn't sure is he do we know if he's a direct descendant that's the thing is the, we don't know because he could yeah. be i mean he could be some relative without having to be Although you he's know. like, you're my insurance, and to be yeah, frank, we don't know what that means yet, right? That's that's weird. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So here's the thing: Why would you go back in time and and be like, okay, I have to keep my my great great my great 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 uncle super safe because otherwise I'm not born. He did well. There's also yeah. like he kept him from proposing to Iris. Yeah. Because because 
maybe that's not supposed to happen. Well, there's even in the very first episode, Iris meets Eddie like with something, you know, at the I think at, they're at the the uh, the opening for the reactor, right? Yeah. And the reactor in the normal timeline isn't supposed to be open then, right? So like mm-hmm. maybe in normal time in you know whatever uh, Eobard uh, Thon timeline, Iris and Eddie are never supposed to meet. So them meeting and getting married could totally mess Ooh. up his timeline. Oh, yeah. good call. Which good is call. a conjecture. Um, yeah. So he's kind of like the anti. It's like the anti Back to the Future, where instead of making sure that the McFlies get together, he's, I have to keep them apart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and they did say they did say Back to the Future. If they, if yeah. I'm not mistaken, so it's. Mm-hmm. I mean. You know, they can write it any way they want, but I would feel mm-hmm. like, why say that if you don't want us to understand how yeah. these paradoxes are going to play out? We're still kind of learning, and I, I'm, I, I was, I'm assuming at this point we're not going to get any further explanation for why Cisco remembers things that didn't actually happen. I'm guessing this was the end of that thread now that he has gotten to relive that, but you yeah. know, we, we still never, in my mind, got a really good explanation for how that worked. Do you think it's because yeah. Barry is like? essentially the ripper of the timeline those that are around him though uh, that doesn't explain no one else got or, you know you caitlin know. i mean again in the comics cisco and caitlin both get superpowers at some point because they're comic, and they're also like, they're comics characters comics. everyone yeah. gets superpowers at some point so i mean maybe there's this idea that you know you know they were right there when the when the reactor exploded maybe they have uh more subtle powers and maybe this is you know a version of cisco's power um I don't know. Ooh, I, I don't know if they'll come back to it or not. I don't know if they're going to give Cisco and Caitlin powers. Um, the goggles it. that they had Cisco yeah. wearing for the uh, for this for the lucid for the, dreaming. The lucid dreaming were definitely like hint hint. This is you know. Oh really? Because uh, vibe where it has like fancy glasses. Oh wow! You know? And that may be it. That may that may be the closest we get to him being vibe is like yeah. Haha. There was also a scene earlier when they were making the glasses and. Barry was wearing, I don't know if they were supposed to be like welding goggles or something, yeah. but they look exactly like Captain Cold's ridiculous, uh, like, you know. That's just oh, budget. That's... Devo glasses where he, they're, yeah, so. Oh, what, now, funny. so wait a minute. Oh, now, who do, who in the comic world, who does Cisco, Cisco become? He becomes Vibe. Guy, yeah, who's known for his breakdancing and his ability his... to transfer through dimensions shut up uh, he's uh, a problematic he can control character. he can he can basically create earthquakes with yeah. his mind in the um, like in the some of the recent comics they there's the idea that like he is more powerful than the flash um because he can basically like move tectonic plates and 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 all that um in my dream nerd tv crossover like basically he goes up against sky slash daisy johnson in, in mm-hmm. agents of shield and they they have kind of a tectonic plate off or something because <laughs> that they have basically the same powers yeah but in this one, I think we're just going to have Cisco continue to be our, our little left brain fanboy stand-in. And I, I say so. that with affection. So, mm-hmm. um, But I'll tell you what What was super cool, though, is that mm-hmm. we did get to see um, the uh, every, every man get used. Because like, yes. that, oh, that was awful, really yeah. clutch. That was mm-hmm. so yeah. clutch. It was it was it was mean and great all at the same yeah. time. Where he's like, I promised him his freedom, and I kept thinking, well, technically speaking, he's free because he's no longer imprisoned. Um, but yeah, it's it also points out that man, Eubard Thon does not mess around. Um, yeah, I mean, he clearly had spent a lot of time kind of prepping every man on like how to how to be him, what yeah. lines to deliver, and <laughs> to do the hand the vibro hand attack. 
Yeah, uh, you're uh, very smart, but you uh, know, and, and all that. And I was like, oh my gosh, but so. not enough to not get shot. That brings mm-hmm. up a really interesting conundrum in my head, which would be the pipeline. What if after hours, basically, Wells is just going and saying, look, this is who I am. You're going to be a part of my team. So the pipeline may even lead directly to the this new facility that he's got. Sure. And again, there was that scene when he he grabs the general and takes the general to Grodd, and the and the general's like, "You're a metahuman too," and he's like, "Yeah," and I look out for my own. So yeah. Uh, and it, is there anyone in the pipeline who's not a metahuman? I think it's only metahuman so far. So, but yeah, he may be he may be having private little chats with with all of them, um, or at least the ones that are interesting to him that fit his plans. Yeah. And so they don't have to worry about eating and drinking because they're already mm-hmm. in the other place. Now, is Pied Pied Piper still missing? I think he, yeah, he got out. Okay. So he's, 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 we don't know where he is. Yeah. Available to show up in season two as needed. Uh, yeah, available to show up as he's available, yeah. So, uh, so, uh, no, the, the lucid dreaming thing, I get why they had to do it. Mm-hmm. Um. I will never not find the concept hokey. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's I, because I, lucid dreaming. Like, have you ever known anyone who's at, like legitimately into lucid dreaming? I read a book about it. Oh, I have had some friends who are into lucid dreaming. I believe that your word choice of hokey is appropriate. Yeah. Everything about it was hokey. So. Um, so there's there's a science fiction author named Nancy Cress, whom you should all be reading because she's one of the few sci-fi authors that takes a look at the effect of technology and scientific advances across socioeconomic classes. Like she tends to have a lot of uh, working class hero, hero, heroes and heroines who, you know, react and explain how things are, are actually affecting them as opposed to, you know, sci-fi stories where it's like people in lab coats talking about, oh, we had no idea that when we released the fungi, the entire world would X, Y, Z. Like, you know, Cress brings a great um, and fresh perspective to it. So A++ read Nancy Cress. And the reason I bring this up is the uh, group of books that rocketed her to fame uh, started with something called uh, Beggars in Spain, which is about a group of people who are genetically engineered not to sleep ever. And um, they're fantastic, fantastically productive. They're all geniuses. They're all apparently psychologically well-adjusted. Um, and they're also biological supremacists and separatists. And a bunch of them discover lucid dreaming as a way to <laughs> like elevate their, as a way to elevate their thinking and their consciousness so they can outthink their political enemies. And there are all of these really tedious chapters about <laughs> lucid dreaming and like a dude in a wheelchair who's like their guru and sings about it. And so I remember reading about lucid dreaming in like 1995 and being all, uh, no, no. <laughs> and I've read up a little bit on it since. And, and last night I was like, no, it, it really is not something, uh, now watch people will angrily treat. I'm losing <laughs> dream all the time. Um, and there was that little little uh, blue milk concoction that he drank mm-hmm. that was really not talked about. But I was just like, what? In the, what did they give him to drink? <laughs> he did what not answer, like, ask any questions. He just when, when Joe yeah. hands you a glass, you you drink. It almost looked like mercury. I was like, yikes, guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, you know, just a mild like hallucinogen. <laughs> <laughs> it's that's how you do it. Something to take the edge off and get you to go to sleep faster. <laughs> a little warm milk. Yeah. And we get to see him we get to see him die again. Um, all over all over know, again. In his dream and almost in real life. So we get to advance the seeing Cisco die counter by one. So I, I did find it a little oddball, like, you know, when they actually were baiting the trap 
mm-hmm. and you have everybody behind stuff. That was just, I don't know, it was just really kind of hokey to me. A little too Scooby-Doo for you? A little close. It was, mm-hmm. it was really in the pocket. And then, mm-hmm. then Joe has no problem just discharging his weapon without, without any provocation. I think I think he's probably been waiting to shoot Wells for a while, to be frank. <laughs> you know, I, we don't know what the everyman could do in Wells' form. Maybe nothing, yeah. but I mean, it looked like he was going to kill kill Cisco. Oh, that's right? true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, he did that to say, and Barry tries to catch all the bullets and fails, you know, because he, he wants his confession. Yeah, um, yeah. So I mean, that was a more dramatic scene. Like, if they yeah. had all been watching remotely, I mean, Cisco would just be dead, I guess. Um, yeah. And probably Cisco doesn't want to be in the room by himself with, you know. Well, and if Barry can catch bullets, then he can easily catch arrows. So no arrows are ever going to get. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to get there. And, but um, I was thinking of one other thing. Oh, now I've just lost it. Never mind. Oh, no. It was interesting. There was still this, like, you know, again, I felt it felt very right to Barry's character, even if it was Mm -hmm. like. Not in my not a particularly great plan. Like, you know, Barry needs this confession from Wells. He needs to hear it yeah. from Wells, both because mm-hmm. like he needs this like proof, though. How you know, especially now that like in the last episode, you just had a guy who sh- who could change forms that shows that video is you know it's not a reliable source. But you know, he wants that proof to get his his uh, his father out. But also, kind of like I, I feel like that's consistent with like his sense of justice and like he needs to hear it. Um, yes, from Wells because part he of him. He needs the proof. He's still yeah. part, he's still also a scientist. Yeah, it, you know, I mean that's part of it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you forget that that he is you know not only a scientist but he works for the cops. You know, yeah, so he but, does have that same. More, who watches the Watchmen? He holds himself pretty rigorously accountable for a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, this is the to me the biggest difference between Barry Allen and um, Oliver is. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry actually holds himself to a pretty rigorous moral standard. And although Oliver is very good at feeling guilty about stuff and, and, and all of that, it's almost like he, he's, it's, it's almost like he, he's like, well, I, I'm going to fail anyway, cause I'm a terrible mm-hmm. human being. So, you know, I mean, how many, yeah. how many, uh, how many people did, did Oliver have to murder before he developed a conscience? Like yeah. a lot. You know. Well, to be fair, he had been busy. Mur- we're learning in the flashback that he had been kind of a freelance murderer for hire anyway. But, yeah, um, whereas, you know, I mean, Barry could just zip his, his father out of jail if he wanted to, but he knows that that is not, yeah. not, not yep, the way yep, to yep. do it. And that and, is not his life, and, you know. And Guy English brought yeah. up a good point. He's, you know, I had said, you know, uh, the week prior, I said, you know, like, look, he can punch you with a Mach 2 punch. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Guy had said, but the problem is Barry wouldn't do that. And yeah. I com- t- completely concur with that because he's just, mm-hmm. he's not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, um, one of the things that's notable is in the, com- in the DC comics, um, Bruce Wayne often says that Barry, Barry Allen is the man I would have liked to be. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that, yeah, and that nice, he actually yeah. considers Barry to be one of his best friends because mm-hmm. Barry is his conscience. And so what I like is that this show doesn't beat you up over the head with the fact that Barry is, is, is very, Barry holds himself accountable to a really high standard all of the time, even when it hurts him. Mm-hmm. They just show you, and it's been one of the most elegant and mm-hmm. and and well done and consistent things they've done across this, these episodes. You know? It works in kind of a believable way because it's like he holds himself to a standard. He's not yes. walking around giving That's Captain America I- Superman speeches where yeah. like everyone has to be held to my standard. 
I'm the no. king of all Boy Scouts. Listen to me. Um, <laughs> I love that phrase, the king of all Boy Scouts. And also the problem with Arrow, and, and this isn't a problem, but the thing about Oliver is, is he has a lot of external consciousness, mm-hmm. consciences telling him what to be, like from his dad and his silly list on to, um, you know, Raja Ghoul and even Malcolm Merlin and Felicity mm-hmm. and Tommy and Laurel. And everyone's always telling him like what he should value and how he should act. And um, what's remarkable is he's a guy who's really looking for some sort of inner moral core, but he doesn't have that that rock hard conviction of this is who I am and this is what I stand for. And Barry has had that from the word go. Mm-hmm. Like he True. had that even he had that even before he was super powered, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's it's really it's remarkable what they've done just quietly building up Barry yeah. this way. I really liked your comment there about the Batman and, and Barry Allen is is who yeah. Batman which because it's like they both have that kind of. They see their parent murdered in front of them, and Barry Allen commits himself to you know to basically justice and civil service, and mm-hmm. you know I guess that there's a there's a sad story there about the role of wealth, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. Batman goes to Ninja Ninja Day Camp and comes back and you know, <laughs> smashes jaws. So. I like the idea of Ninja Day Camp. <laughs> now you bring up a good point. Now because he wants to hear that Wells or Thawn. Kill wanted was specifically going back to kill his mom. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I have to wonder what were the ramifications of that? Because if he was to kill her, like then he's still alive. Well, it galvanizes Barry mm-hmm. because it turns Barry into the man he is now. Okay. Okay. And there's you know because I I have a feeling that we will probably explore at some point what kind of person would Barry have been if both parents were alive. If he hadn't lost both parents at a very young age, because when his dad got incarcerated, he was effectively orphaned, mm-hmm. um, would he be somebody who um, understood from an early age that that people, some people are going to open their hearts and be innately good? Would he have innately understood that sometimes life is unfair, but you can choose to try to make it more fair? Or would he have been kind of a, you know, live? Well, he wouldn't have been raised by a cop. He's just a he's just a programmer working on the next iPhone app. So. Exactly, yeah. Like this. Oh my god, that'd be like a great season two. Like it's pop a wonderful. Li- you know, I don't. Yeah, I don't see- actually know if programmers still have pop collars. I'm not. I'm not. Season not, two. Sorry. It's like. A, oh, I I totally hope they do this for Christmas in a sort of it's a wonderful life type of way where we see what would have happened if Nora Wells if if, if Nora mm-hmm. Allen had lived. And mm-hmm. and you're like, oh my god, Barry Allen is awful. Or you're like, oh well, Barry is nice, but you know, mm-hmm. um, there is a to to veer for a moment. There's um. The Civil War plotline that took place mm-hmm. in the Marvelverse like a decade ago. Uh, no, wait, I'm sorry, excuse me. There's House of M. That's what I'm thinking of, House of M. And they always have like one shots and spinoffs. And, and basically the one shot in that is um, there's no need for Captain America and the super serum because, you know, the world has been flipped around. And all the, and like the one shot of, of sad old Steve Allen, uh, Steve Rogers, you know, having no purpose in life. Now, Steve Allen, that have been funny. God, yeah. But poor sad old Steve Rogers, you know, just kind of shuffling back and forth and having no purpose in life and feeling useless and not living up to his potential. Like, that was the whole tragedy of his little one shot. And maybe you could you could do a, a sort of, well, here's what happens if Nora Allen lives. Barry never reaches his potential. Um, and then viewers can wrestle with, well, is it better for him to be super happy and have like kind of a blah life or is it better for him to have had these really scarring tragedies at a formative age and become awesome anyway so <laughs> so yeah. well you know and you brought up a really good point with this the whole idea of the potential because even wells talks about that what he's like i saw your science first i had no idea yeah yeah he's been he, I mean, he's been tracking him for a long time and mm-hmm. even when he was unconscious i could kill you right now yeah. you know and i mean that was just, I mean, it was really kind of, 
it's it's a very interesting dynamic between like I need you to be the best you can be, but I am going to kill you. Well, he's like, there's there will be a reckoning, and I'm like, why is there a reckoning? What has Barry done to him where he mm-hmm. feels like there needs to be a reckoning? Is this just like <laughs> I've had to deal with you in 150 different timelines, and I'm super tired of it, Alan? Or mm-hmm. is it? Um, and I don't or- know because in the comics, I mean. It's hard because Reverse Flash is an old character, so he's been around yeah. for a while. So I think like the original version of Reverse Flash is basically like he just hates the Flash, and I feel like mm-hmm. they they are building for something more interesting than, than that, right? Like yeah. he he may have a very and I don't know they've done such a great job with him that it seems like there will be some if we find out what it is, it'll be more interesting than just like yeah. I'm. You but know, it's not like that they were friends or something. Were- I mean. <laughs> yeah. To, so to let's let's this let's this gives us a natural segue into the Doctor Wells wellness check. Um, I think we can agree he's unwell mentally or psychologically at least. Um, but this really was um, the actor Tom Cavanaugh's episode, and he puts it in his pocket and walks away with it. And he had several really great um, scenes, you know, really chilling scenes and really mm-hmm. and really great scenes. And he also drops like a ton of Easter eggs with mm-hmm. "I've watched you for years," all that potential. Mm-hmm. Um, or Gideon saying, well, Wells killed your mom because he was mad he didn't kill you, which, what? Or um, him, all the times I've done this. And I'm like, what do you mean all the times you've done this? Do you routinely stand at the edge of his bed like you're Edward Cullen watching Bella sleep? Or do you mean like all the times that you've had to engineer the situation in different timelines? Because maybe he's just bonkers and crazy since he's had to live the same life. Like, imagine if you, if you, kept, if you were trapped in the past and you lived like in 20-year cycles. Mm-hmm. over and over and over again trying to get back home you know no, thank maybe, you yeah exactly maybe there's that so mm-hmm. the scene where he's directing barry at the fire is mm-hmm. very weird too and he's kind of he's like you know he's being kind of like the mean football coach to barry and like you gotta yeah. do this and it, and like my question is like does he does, in that scene does does uh eobard know about the trap and is like is he just kind of playing because he is so much more kind of sinister yeah than that and i don't know if that's just how we view it as the audience because we know he's the supervillain now and that yeah. you know it's all coming the, the chips are falling down or is it that he, you know he 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 knows too and it's it is all part of his trap um, see yeah, i he, think he I, had a lot of great moments yeah i think he i think like in that particular case i don't mm-hmm. think he knew the trap was coming but mm-hmm. i think he he's you know he's try again trying to make barry the best he can be and he mm-hmm. knows what barry can do i guess mm-hmm. in the future and so it's like, okay, look, if you do this, you know, these are some powers that you have that I know about, but you don't know that you even can do. Yeah. And, you know, so he's kind of got, he's kind of, kind of pushing him only because he already knows. But that's the weird thing is like, Barry Allen can't be living, like they never connect, like in normal mm-hmm. timelines. They're, I mean, their timelines are way far away from each other. Am I wrong? I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I mean, if he's from the, and it, we also, we, we don't, I mean, I think he's from the, like the 25th century, right? So like, Barry yeah. Allen can't be alive then, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. We're, I'm interested to see what the, like, cause I think it's going to be more than just, I'm a crazy guy, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's gotta be more than that. I'm just a really angry time traveler. <laughs> yeah. Or, or am I a criminal? Like the thing. To go back to DC, the thing I love about Booster Gold, for example, yeah. is the fact that he's like, I just... Everything. Yeah, oh God, no. I really wish that DC would make a buddy comedy with Booster Gold. And it would totally, like, a buddy comedy with Booster Gold would be the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. And um, it would totally break through that whole genre of, oh, superhero movies have to be portentous and effects heavy and stuff like that. And you could be like, no, this is actually kind of fun. Um, 
Who does Booster Gold hang out with in the co- Would it be like him and Blue, Blue Beetle? Beetle? Yeah. Is, yeah. 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 I like Blue Beetle a lot too. Mm-hmm. I like the Ted Cord Blue Beetle a lot. I, I haven't I haven't read too much with the new dude. Um But uh anyway, long story short, like Booster Gold basically goes back in time because he's like, Oh, these people will be simple and they'll be <laughs> super impressed by my, my my modern technology and I can totally scam them and it does not ever go as he wants it to go, which is you know hilarious and funny. Um <laughs> and apparently exactly the opposite of of, of Thawne here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but no, this was this was a great episode because it it it's sort of um you know, sometimes you have episodes that are furniture moving episodes. You're like, okay, they're setting everything up. And here it was just so gratifying because so many things get knocked down or knocked sideways. And so much possibility has now opened up. Not only am I really excited about the last few episodes of this season, I can't wait to see what they're going to do in season two. Because yeah. they really set up a lot of different conflicts. They've really set up a lot of different um, exciting potential storylines. They're going to expand this universe in a big way. Hooray! This does not feel like one season of TV that we've watched. There's just been uh-huh. so much in there. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, Flash. Way to hit the ground running. Womp womp. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I'll see myself out. Wow, <laughs> oh. no, of you which, can come right back in. Yeah, speaking of which, it's been about 45 minutes, so yep. I think that's pretty much the average length of a Flash episode. We should probably wrap things up. I want to note to our listeners next week that due to a set of circumstances beyond anyone's control, uh, the show will be a couple days late. We won't be able to record it until next Saturday, and it will go up as soon as we can after that. But then we'll go back in time. And yeah. it'll be it'll be right on time. Oh my mm-hmm. god! Can you imagine the combination of podcasting and time travel? Uh, That's exhausting. I'm, t- I'm going to put this out there <laughs> right now. This is my mm-hmm. prediction for the finale. Uh huh. Bold prediction that Barry Allen will go to the future. That would be really cool. I'm telling you, and he's going to see something amazing. <laughs> Maybe they'll have they'll have they'll have they'll have these phones. That you can put on your wrist. You know what would be the cool thing would be if he saw, and again, they they were really coy with it. They had the line where Mm -hmm. Barry Allen is a Flash founding member of, and he gets cut off. And they were like, yeah, yeah. Justly, like if they had a scene where he goes to the future and, you know, I don't know if it's like he's right in front of it or it's off to the side, but like the Justice League Halls of Justice and that, you know. Is like a, a guiding moment in Barry's life is knowing but, that yeah. that's his destiny. So yeah, Boom. yeah, and he's like, okay, I have to live up to this. So just a, a small media nitpick because we have to have them. So Iris bylines the story where she writes about her husband disappearing, or does she marry someone else named yeah. West? Does she is there is that a conflict of interest? Her? Is that should well, she? Well, I be... feel like they should start this. They should like at least start the story with the disclaimer saying, you know, this reporter is like the furthest thing from objective because it's her husband, or you know, um, editor's note. <laughs> Yeah, How are you making... writing that outside of your tears? <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, or editor's note, Iris is married to her subject, so this may cloud her somewhat, but our ombudsman says it's okay because journalism is dead, or I don't know. I mean, it just, I was like, wouldn't someone else write that? And maybe Iris West Allen is, or Allen West is, is on like a different beat. So maybe there's it's it, it's a dystopian future. Twenty five years in the future, we still have newspapers, but journalism <laughs> ethics has not survived. Is that that's a, <laughs> that's the future? Maybe it's a cautionary tale about time travel <laughs> and the flash. Yeah, about, so. about how you can't really cover your husband as a beat. Yeah. Oh God, that'd be awful. Okay, no. <laughs> No, we can't get sucked into a journalism conversation. All right, so we're wrapping up this podcast. Thanks, everybody, for your contributions. And um, I have to say, you guys who listen and tag us on Twitter, we love hearing from you. We love hearing your theories, and uh, we look forward to hearing many more, perhaps your own theories as to uh, exactly how many times Eubar Thon has tried to engineer his own future, his complex relationship with Barry. Um, hit us with what you got. All right, with you, as always, I'm Lisa Schmeiser. Hi, my name's Phil Moselak. 
I'm Tony Sindelar, and no spoilers, but I think next time the uh, yep. the gorilla is going to come down off the wall and sit wherever he wants. That's yep, what girl. Chekhov's gorilla does. I so. welcome our new simian overlords. <laughs> All right. Good night, everybody. Good night, nerds. <laughs> <laughs>